All right. Chini uh, Amaji podcast. Yes, by Impact African Network. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode two on culture rules everything around me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm excited about this. We've been revisiting the idea about culture and mindset and, and all that because that's what we've identified as being the biggest challenge so far in our eco. So today we're going to dive deep. I have some very interesting stories for you guys. So yeah, let's, let's, let's get going. Yeah, um, so... <laughs> So Mumbi has some very interesting uh, life experiences, having having <laughs> having come up in uh, Silicon Savannah and East Africa in general. Um, so, so yeah, she's gonna be entertaining us some, with with some of her stories. So, you know, I mean, the first the first the, the interesting thing is last I think it was last week yeah. when somebody you had talked to had mentioned that there was this uh, growth growth startup. Mm-hmm. Out of Nanyuki. Yeah. Cool. So I didn't I didn't see that one coming because first most startups Nairobi that's that's the standard. So when someone told me there's something big that's coming up, we actually went deep with Mark and we were trying to find out what these guys do. And um, the company is called uh, Mawingu Networks. So right now that the what what I would say is they're decentralizing Wi-Fi. So when as we're going through this, I. I start thinking, well, this sounds familiar. Where, where have I had this before? <laughs> then uh, thinking about it some more, I remember an interaction I had with a very smart entrepreneur, I think in my second or third year of school. So this guy had was using... Maybe, we, maybe you yeah? talk a little bit about your school. I mean, give them some context around uh, what school you're in. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So I went to JQuart. I was doing mechatronics engineering. So at any one time, I was surrounded by the smartest techies. And trust me, I was not the smartest person in my class. So you can imagine. <laughs> so ideally, I, I ran into this guy. He's actually much younger than I was. I think at the time, he was, I think, in first year or second year when I was in third, I think. Then he he'd, he'd started using WISP technology, so that's like wireless ISP, where they'd put router-like things at the top of the roof and it would find a line a line of contact and then just Wi-Fi between buildings. Some super geeky, awesome so stuff, at, basically. At that, at that time, trust me, we're talking about a time where Zuku and Safaricom and all these were not... There were not things that existed. We were living so basically, in bundles. So, so, so <laughs> the... the the connectivity we know today was not... It wasn't, like, it wasn't how I'll just call Safaricom or Zook when I have a wife in my house. And then he'd even managed to create a system where you could just pay for the exact amount of internet you want to use. So he commercialized this. He actually built a business model. So in a building, literally in a in a building unit, you could pay for just one day and pay for 50 bob Wi-Fi. Wow. So, so <laughs> just to give some context of anybody who's not Kenyan or not oh, Kenyan, okay. yeah, yeah. so, you know... College situation, mm-hmm. somebody launches a company in their dorm room yeah. to provide Wi-Fi yeah. for who, so, who was it? Who was the target? So about? ideally, when he started out, we used to have cyber cafes. It's this place you have a bunch of computers and people go to use it. Right. So once, you know, you get to, like at that time, everyone has a laptop in their house, but then everyone is spending so much money on right. bundles. Right. So he comes up with a solution. You pay as a building. He puts the, the router thing at the top of your building. Then you can, the whole building has a Wi-Fi connectivity that you can literally just sign on for on a portal and you don't have to pay monthly. So if I'm around for three days, I can pay for Wi-Fi for three days. So at like, ca- at like less, less like half a dollar per day. 
So his customer base was the building. Oh, how, how did it, so? So basically, he's, they're a B2B, 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 yeah, B2B C model here. Yeah, yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. Because so what, now how, he has to have a, he can't do individual house connections. Okay. So he has to probably talk to the, to the building owner, the building owner, or have people in the building petition the building owner. But then, considering it's students, having Wi-Fi is a key requirement <laughs> if you want people to be attracted to your building. Right. So wow. in my head, I could not see how this business model could fail. So the first time someone told. <laughs> about it i i remember we going it. on long holiday and my head went nuts because i'm a bit like my whole family is business centered like i'm built to see opportunity, opportunity. Mm-hmm. so i decided to tell my mom i'm not going i'm not gonna do an internship this year and you know it's required by school i'm like i'm following this thing so i meet the guy and we're talking and and i'm telling him dude do you understand what you just built like we could have because nairobi now zuku was starting to come into the nairobi market like Let's leave Nairobi to them. We're in Juja. Let's do Juja. Take over Juja. Start moving towards Kiambu and Thika, because there's a whole other market there that we could, like, we could tap into very easily. Because internet and Wi-Fi connectivity that you can pay for in such small incremental amounts. Yeah, that is that is genius, and his systems work. <laughs> so yeah, he sounds excited. And then we start doing this. Then at some point, he's like, oh, man, this is not for me. You know, I have so much work. You know, right now, like, whatever I'm doing is okay. I have enough money. I, I bought a car. I have my MacBook. I feel like I'm okay. That thing, that's the first time I was like, yep, there's a problem here. Like, if this was any other business, or rather, if this was happening in a, in a more mature ecosystem, this thing wouldn't wouldn't be seeing Mongo Networks growing right now. This is something that would have taken over and would have been one of the biggest competitors Safaricom has at this point in terms of Wi-Fi connectivity because it was tapping into a market because everyone was, was concentrated was in Nairobi. Right. So it was literally it's the blue blue ocean. water blue ocean, yeah. It's literally untapped. No one had thought about it. Because Wi-Fi connectivity ended up getting to Thika like now a year or two later. Right, right. Like that's that's so a basically crazy you get, so so you saw an opportunity right when you were in school mm-hmm. with a, a student who just didn't see it. Yeah. He was satisfied with he bought a car, he had a good lifestyle, he had a some MacBook. Some money coming in, he had some money here coming and there. in, and, <laughs> and, and like, getting good. a building here and there. Like for me, I could see the bigger picture. It was a super so side when hustle I came move for in, him. I think we also came in a bit too strong because for us. <laughs> We're very, we're very tactical. We're like, yeah, man. So we're coming in. This is how much do we need to scale this per area? And but there's nothing like too it... strong. I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's oh, what do you mean too strong? I mean, you're, don't, don't, maybe don't, maybe don't I didn't too. I don't know because sometimes I'm I'm thinking because we were so like scaling is comes so second like second nature to us. It's more of how much do we need to scale? We can start with this estate, take up all the houses in that estate, move to this. Like, because he's it very. It's, you are not coming in too strong. Yeah. You are coming in how you're supposed to come in as somebody who sees a business opportunity. Yeah. Just because. Don't, I don't believe in letting your light shine, dimming your light so yeah. other people can feel comfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's. I guess the point here, <laughs> which we're talking about, is, is the mindset that dominates the local kind of generally speaking the local entrepreneurs we don't have a tradition of building scaled up enterprises yeah we don't have a history of that in our society Very true. we haven't seen too many of those mm-hmm. so we're comfortable with what i have termed the bear hug bootstrap or Very side true. hassle plays yeah. and people that's their comfort zone and so yeah what does that mean about for for silicon savannah i mean and and, and no no coincidence that you're seeing or i, I guess it's no surprise that mm-hmm. you're seeing um, expert entrepreneurs 
having different outcomes. Yeah. Of course, there's a different na- analogy. I mean, there's a different kind of like uh, narrative there about mm-hmm. access to capital. But mm-hmm. I think, no, that's not the whole story. Yeah. I mean, these pe- the, the folks who, these people actually, expert entrepreneurs with, with this exposure can come into a market and see opportunities mm-hmm. and capitalize them at a different level of scale. Yeah. Just because that's what yeah. they, where, that's how their mind that's their mindset. Yeah, that's 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 literally what they've been taught to do. That's or what rather, they've been exposed to. Yeah. It's not even taught. It's just like their world is a scaled up world. Yeah. And you don't do things. <laughs> yeah. There are no there are no small Wi-Fi businesses. <laughs> yeah, on exactly. campus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because and I think that's what we were talking about. Because I was telling Mark, I since I think subconsciously I'd even forgotten this instance because I think I've seen this over and over again. But then Part of what I came to realize is that you can only dream as far as you know. As you observe, you've seen. Basically. Yeah, and as yeah, like you have to see it to know how. Because for me, I could. I was thinking about in that moment. I was thinking about. I grew up in Akuru. Zuku is using like they're putting lit, laying down literal fiber. Like if you're using wireless connections to get internet across, like. You can literally get it anywhere. Like right. it, it has to. So you, have saw the, you saw the potential. Yeah, yeah. And so the other story that you you talked about in terms of again uh, giving another example of yeah. <clears throat> a mindset block or gap mm-hmm. uh, between expat entrepreneurs or people from abroad mm-hmm. uh, and and yourself. That yeah. You talked about your experience in Uganda. So actually, the bit. weirdest thing I just realized is Uganda is as a result of this. Because I, after this happened, I remember getting frustrated and I know I started some other businesses that weren't tech related. Then the next time I went, I moved to Uganda and I went to work with a startup. So getting there, the person who founded and started this startup is at the time was two years older than me. So getting there, this person has pretty much built a factory in a place called Nakawuka that makes water filters that are then sold to the UN and all these other NGOs and literally sold to people. So people are putting these things in their houses and they're just ceramic water filters. But then now there's literally a factory that employs like 30 people from the local community, you know, management level, has another office based in Kampala, hiring another team of like so almost 30 people. Talk about her background. Like, so, mm. yeah, I'm getting there. So okay, I want to like, paint the picture. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so eager to <laughs> so, Here's the, here's the background. So here's why the story was so fascinating for me. Because at the time, I went as a volunteer engineer to, to, work, to work there. Mm. Then I come to discover the houses company was born was the... I, I'm not sure if, in, if the team, everyone here will be familiar with ISAC, but it's a leadership organization in like 120 countries so far. So you do an exchange programs and go... So she came in on an ISAC exchange program as an intern. As an intern. As an intern. Okay. Then stayed in the country, looked around, then felt, like just noticed how water and sanitation was such a huge pain point. Then she just decided, she learned about this company, I think it was somewhere in South America, that was making ceramic water filters. So she reach, she reaches out to the, the guy in the company and they're like, yeah, here's our formula, here's how we do it. Because, you know, that, that's what I love about social enterprises. People tend to care more about the humanity side of it. They're not too selfish with the ideas. That's also not so... Well, okay, that, that's a bit unique. But I was just thinking about Silicon Valley in terms of how people share information. Yeah. Of course, nobody's going to give you their crown jewels. But mm-hmm. in terms of process and how to think about stuff, people in, in, in the tech space, mm-hmm. in, in mature ecosystems, share information readily. That's a wow. very fundamental part of how Silicon Valley works. 
people will share with you how to do things, how they went through, uh, uh, how they accomplished maybe um, overcoming a certain situation mm -hmm. or the contacts they have. If you're genuinely trying to solve a problem, yeah. people will actually, you know, Bend up a backwards to help you. And it's what I call the shared bucket of value. Yeah. It's a shared bucket of value that makes that makes any ecosystem work. And I think in maybe in, in your in your in, in what you give the example you're giving about this uh, social uh, mm -hmm. enterprises, there is a, a shared bucket of value, even if it's a virtual network that's yeah. global. And so, yeah, that's interesting. Because the, even the reports, like the published reports, and all this was widely available. So she starts out by building, trying to, like, she goes out to people, explains the concept, then they build, like, a small makeshift factory. These are literally 20, 23, 24-year-olds. Like, the two of them build a small makeshift factory, gets, like, one to three Ugandan employees, and they start making the filters. Of course, the failure rates are crazy at the start. But transition this to three, four years later... They've they've created they've a model that works, mm -hmm. got a bunch of funding, grant, whatever, and then built a freaking huge factory. Like by the time I sat there and I was working with people my age who've built this, and in my head I'm asking myself, yo, okay. So this lady, she she went to Harvard. So of course, her two the two the two co-founders from Harvard. Then, of course, bringing in a bunch of people who they, they've worked in the networks, the networks you know, Yale yeah. and, mm -hmm. and so on. So for me, I think this for me was, was such an eye-opener in terms of, like, like you can build something big if you know you can, big some, you can build something big. That's all I, you, I don't that's, even know how that's, to put that's it. it. <laughs> you can build something big. That's you can it. build something big if you know you can build something. If you're alive. Yeah, so Mark was asking me, so what's going to be the control for this story? And I told him, Mark, I am the control for this story. I still don't have a factory. So what's the difference? <laughs> you know what? You're, you're, you're part of changing the African yeah, narrative. Yeah, right? yeah. You're doing amazing thing. You've done a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, you've but then... What's it called? Uh, uh, volunteers for Kenya. Yeah, and TEDx. TEDx. But then now you see that was all this. You can pretty much see the trajectory of how I ended up doing that. I was like, people are doing amazing things. I That's my passion. I'm, I need to do this job. now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So again, it speaks to the it, it speaks to the mindset yeah. that you know. Well, it, you know, people whether we like it or not, we have certain programming in our mind. Yeah. And our programming is based on our, our exposure. Mm -hmm. And it's based on, yeah, and, and that's, that's pretty much it. Exactly. Um, and so when we square that with Silicon Savannah and, you know, all these expectations that have been put on this place mm -hmm. and, you know, <clears throat> we work with entrepreneurs all the time and, and you, you, you realize that, um, you know, there is definitely a significant uh, mindset kind of like challenge. Yeah. Uh, people, um, entrepreneur. I guess there are two types of well, there are two types of entrepreneurs generally speaking in our ecosystem. But the, the one dominates over the other. Yeah. The one is looking. They're lifestyle entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They're folks who actually are trying to solve a lifestyle problem. Problem. Yeah. And that business that they're putting together mm -hmm. is the solution to their lifestyle needs. Yeah. And um, and that's just how people move. Mm -hmm. So even if they see a Wi-Fi, they, they, they uncover a very, you know, uh, a problem mm -hmm. that exists that could actually be scaled out. It's yeah. beyond their scope or yeah. even imagination yeah. or desire, right? It's, it's like, they're okay with it. I'm good, man. I, yeah. I got 15 customers and mm -hmm. I'm good. Um, and this actually speaks to uh, the, the example of one of the entrepreneurs that uh, <clears throat> we, we've been working with uh, yeah. over the last couple of months. And uh, she had uh, come across, and she, she had actually uh, 
put together a business mm-hmm. uh, in a very specific sector. And um, initially, when she started the business and decided to work, mm-hmm. her goal was to get to 200 customers. Yeah. Right? That was her goal. Yeah. Right? Um, I need to get 200 customers. And it'll my lifestyle will be good. Yeah. And so we know when we met the entrepreneur, she'd be she, I think she'd been eighteen months into this, and the business model was working. And it was working very well. Right? And she was yeah. going through some 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 challenges because now she had reached the valley of death, mm-hmm. right? Which we define through Impact Africa Fund, which is yeah. kind of like most local entrepreneurs will be able to actually start something, maybe through savings, mm-hmm. friends and family money, which is how an entrepreneur should actually launch something to yeah. get pr- proof of concept into the market. Mm-hmm. But the, what usually happens is this market, and once you've gone through that friends, family, and, and savings money and, and your own fund funding, mm-hmm. you'll hit the value. Once you hit product market fit and yeah. you get some traction, you hit that point where now you need external capital because yeah. you run out of your own resources. Yeah. And that's where the value of it. And that's where most startups actually go to die yeah. in, in, in Kenya. Or completely separate from this notion of, of lifestyle business. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so the, the, this founder was there met with her and when she explained to us what she was doing well, I was completely blown away right I, I've never felt so excited I remember texting Mark I'm like I can't stop thinking about this like how right. can we yeah. and so it was just like wow this is so, so cool so in my mind I was thinking this seems like such a well-defined solution to a very clear problem exactly so I was just thinking like there's gotta be somebody else doing this somewhere yeah and so I went online that night mm-hmm. and I looked up something on YouTube and lo and behold I find a four-year-old company in the states yeah. that is doing this executing this same exact, exact same play yeah. but on a different scale yeah. level like Peter Thiel has invested in this company and that I, think I was just blown away I was like I knew it so what I did right away yeah. I sent her that video mm-hmm. And this person was completely, her mind, mindset completely blown, Blue, right? Yeah. She, that's when she went from 200 customers to believing mm-hmm. that this is a minimum, at least 10,000 customer yeah. business yeah. with $150 per customer per month type exactly. revenue run rate. Yeah. And it was, you see, it's, it's a question of how do people change mindsets? You've got to see something happening, right? you got to see to believe it. you got to see to believe it. Yeah. And... That's what it was. And so we have the situation where we have amazing entrepreneurs, but their mindsets are kind of like, is the Achilles heel. Exactly. It, is, it is the scrimp, crimp on the hourglass. Mm-hmm. It is the anchor that is holding Silicon Savannah down. It's yeah. not brilliance. Mm-hmm. It's lack of brilliant, big picture thinking, scaled mm-hmm. out capacity, like we can actually build great companies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are trying to go for 200 customers mm-hmm. while they have an easily 10,000 customer Customer business and the expert entrepreneurs when they come they don't have a 200 customer reach problem Mm -hmm. they're thinking (laughs) how do i build a factory how do i build my window networks to solve the whole of central and northern Uh, kenyan connectivity issue and then move to central africa like let's win this game is very different (laughs) let's win the game yeah and so yeah so where does that leave us right i mean the, the bottom line is we have to find a way to change and shift the mindset yeah Right, we have to kind of um, be able to. Man, we have to we have to be able to 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 move the needle for 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 local And I think well, on this, I I always love talking about the addressable market, in terms of okay. So I think the last podcast we did, we heavily referenced um, the Tel Aviv Eco, mm-hmm. and for them, it was more of when you're building a company, you know that you're building for the market of North America and beyond. That's it. That's a mentality. So, so you're in you're in Middle East. You're you're founding a company in Israel, mm-hmm. but you're you're not trying to address Tel Aviv or, or Israel. Yeah, or exactly, exactly. 
So, and in comparison, take that back to Kenya. When you're building a company, it's like probably you're rich, you're just thinking, even Nairobi, not even all of Nairobi. So, we're actually making fun with Mark today and asking ourselves how many, like using a .co.ke. <laughs> how many startups do you see with a .co.ke yeah, handle? That's it's like, what? Is that because ideally that defines no how, thinking, how right? much you want to be optimistic? Kenya is should not be it should be your beachhead. It's it's Straight your beachhead. Up. It's not your total addressable market because so you should not if be... something works in Kenya. I honestly believe it can work very easily also because we're always miles ahead of everyone. Your level of a you know aggressive like Kenyans are I don't know I want to say we're built different right <laughs> but right. yeah and that's from my experience we'll working around yeah working around East Africa and I think if you're building a business you need to define your market like from a very broad perspective right then and, 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 and the thing, it's interesting because it's this kind of like you know the the, the legacy of kind of like uh, you know we have these. Uh, you know, uh, countries mm -hmm. that with these kind of unnatural borders. Yep. And we've been told we're Kenyans, Ugandans, Tanzanians, mm -hmm. and this. And mm -hmm. now our minds are just, that's the, the universe. The yeah. universe is Kenya. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Technology doesn't abide that. It's true. Technology is very porous. Yeah. Um, and the problems that are in Uganda are the same ones that are in Kenya, generally speaking, for mm -hmm. the most part. People eat and go to the bathroom and they drink water like mm -hmm. that person. And that factory could even come to Kenya and mm -hmm. solve problems here as well. Mm -hmm. So we, we need to kind of change the total addressable market mm -hmm. and break the shackles of this kind of geopolitical exactly. thing that's holding us back. Exactly. And I think Africa is kind of moving in that direction yeah. right now. And we need to stop speaking about these countries. Of course, there are some realities we have to deal with. I mean, mm -hmm. entering a different... You have to have a, str a strategy that works to enter a market. Mm -hmm. But if you're not even thinking about that market, that country as a market, exactly, then it doesn't even freaking matter, right? Yeah, because if you ideally, it's a it's a very cliche thing to say, but that's how big companies are built. That's why Uber is here. That's why Facebook is here. Duh. So yeah, ideally, <laughs> so if you want to build a big company, you can you have you can to do think it. beyond. And Africa is so ready for opportunity. Oh and God. I always believe. I always tell Mark. I think a local founder, like or rather an African founder, building a solution for Africa. You understand the problem so intimately. intimately. Like right. there's no way. Like you have, you have a, your competitive you have a, edge is is beyond your what first mover can. advantage in yeah. a sense, right? It's very like it's it's unquantifiable because that's like a secret sauce, right? Yeah. So you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean that we that's true. We have we're going through um, what I would call a digital. It's almost like a transformation mm -hmm. in Africa, yeah. right? I mean, it's happening right underneath us. And the question is, who is going to capitalize on this? Exactly. You see, the, an ecosystem is like a startup. Mm -hmm. You know, most people... Uh, so having... If, if you look at the way any successful ecosystem, the reason it's successful is because it's able to address a certain market's yeah. needs. Exactly. The reason why Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley could only have existed in America mm -hmm. because America provided it a huge, contiguous, exactly. very horizontal, predictable market mm -hmm. to which it can sell its experiments into. Mm -hmm. Right? I've actually been at many of these companies mm -hmm. where you know your list of Fortune 500 companies that you'll be targeting. There's no confusion. Yeah. Right? And you know if we can address 20% of this market, mm -hmm. we will actually have hit this amount of revenue based exactly. on our price point and everything is very clear. Mm -hmm. So there's no like, you know, so that's why venture works very well because yeah. you can predict the outcomes if you if you hit certain milestones. Yeah. So 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 Market risk is completely removed, mm -hmm. right? And that's why it can exist. Now, check this out. Tel Aviv also solved that problem. Exactly. Because they were like, okay, we're out here <laughs> on this other side of the world. But you know what? We incubate stuff here. Mm -hmm. 
we launched them yeah. for real in America. Yeah. And I've actually worked for um, uh, an Israeli company that actually um, did that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess what we want get, to get to is how are we going to solve this problem? Exactly. How are we going to solve this mindset and, and shackle ourselves from this kind of mindset, mindset, uh, yeah. mindset challenge? Yeah, and that's yeah. a significant thing that you know, we think about a lot mm -hmm. and, and we've designed our program in such a way that it will not skirt the issue, yeah. but will go straight into that. Mm -hmm. uh, because if we're not able to unshackle that mindset, mm -hmm. we're never gonna be as an ecosystem mm -hmm. and be able to achieve the potential. And the opportunity is massive. Because once we open ourselves up to the total addressable market for our ecosystem startup, exactly. our ecosystem is a startup, mm -hmm. what is our total addressable market? Mm -hmm. Yo man, the way I think about this is from Addis Ababa, if they can continue moving exactly. in the right direction. <laughs> To Lusaka, exactly. to, to uh, what's the other country? Malawi, cut it down that, to... Yeah. That whole geography, right? And we are a two-hour flight away from capital cities. In all of these places. Of a total market of 450 million people. Yeah. Okay, so once we start thinking about that as Silicon Savannah, mm -hmm. the startup of Silicon Savannah, and we are the high watermark in terms exactly. of technical talent, in terms of all the... Ingredients that are necessary to create a highly dynamic ecosystem. Yeah. We are the high watermark in this region. Exactly. So we just need to kind of like switch our collective mindset and say, hey, look, we're not competing against each other. Mm -hmm. We just need to take the market. Exactly. Because it's it's more of the pie is bigger. It's not we're not fighting for pieces of the pie. Crumbs. So yeah. so and that's very interesting because it also speaks about the other very hierarchical kind of society that we exist in. Exactly. And, you know, hierarchies exist to maintain status quo and they are reinforced by a small pie. Mm -hmm. You see, when you have a small pie, you know, people have to get permission to actually you sit know, at the table. Yeah, right? exactly. And so, but when you have a big pie... Mm -hmm. if you're not even playing on the same There's thing. nobody yeah. on the hierarchy. Yeah, if exactly. you're sitting on the hierarchy, you're losing <laughs> opportunity. You need to move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, when, when we, we talk a little bit about um, how we structured our program yeah. to address this particular mindset mindset issue, mm -hmm. maybe you take a, a, a first stab at how we select, how oh. we think about selection. Yeah. So ideally, I think for selection, the first thing we have to think about is skill potential. I think this is something we've already talked about a lot in terms of how scalable is a business and, you know, how, what are you thinking about when you look at your total addressable market? I think, is there anything you'd want to add on to that? Yeah, it's, it's just a question of what type of problem are you solving, mm -hmm. right? Are you solving a problem just for a, a specific niche market exactly, yeah. or, you know, the upper, the mid, the upper middle class in, mm -hmm. in, in Nairobi? Mm -hmm. Or is this a fundamental problem like a Wi-Fi connectivity thing? That or, everyone needs. Right, yeah. right. Um, so scale potential is definitely fundamental because there's no... Building a small business takes the same effort and time and stress as building a big Company. Exactly. So why do the small one? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is um, high the high potential, potential founders. founders yeah. yeah. Mm. Because I, th the I think you have to be the person has to be a visionary in how they see the opportunity and how what like they have to have fast a deep understanding of the problem they're solving. Next thing is a visionary in how how they see the solution. You know, going right. into the market. Right. And I think this like cultivating that in, in the entrepreneurs we work with is something very important because taking from the example you're talking about, this is someone who understands their business very intimately, but then 
you know, they have high potential. It's all about un- unlocking it or shattering that glass to help them see, you know, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And high potential is proven by how somebody has executed so yeah. far, right? They're not talking about ideas. Mm-hmm. They've actually done stuff to mm-hmm. show, like, I've strung the business model together. I have a proof of concept. It's working. Yeah. That's a high potential entrepreneur. Exactly. They can execute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so scale potential and, 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 um, and high potential founders, yeah. right, is how a selection process, mm-hmm. is how we think about selection. Because... You know, again, it's it's a question of where do you spend your time. Yeah. Um, the other thing is this 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 idea of the startup school. Mm-hmm. So startup school, we've designed it as a as a uh, a one week intensive, yeah. where it happens three times a year, and it is a very specifically well defined environment yeah. where we want to take emerging founders, these high potential founders. And bring them into contact with local founders who have crossed the threshold. Exactly. So we have a handful of local founders um, who have actually um, raised capital for, 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 for growth. And capital is just basically a proxy for somebody who's actually def- uh, has, a good, has put together a meaningful um, business concept, right? They've actually crossed the threshold. They've actually... Uh, attracted capital when you attract capital it means that you know what you're doing exactly and that it means that you're serious about it it means that you mean to actually do it and other people are buying into are buying into it yeah. and you have to hire people and you, you're, you're the real deal and so we have people from seed to series b exactly. we have through that whole kind of continuum we have a, a handful of local founders and these are the people we want to bring into this environment to teach and expose these Emerging founders doing this one week intensive exactly. startup school. The other thing we want to bring is also experienced investors, mm-hmm. right? You know, people. We, we we will have people from from mature markets come in and speak. We'll have mm-hmm. locals who have actually, uh, if if they have that um, experience with deploying capital and what it actually means to deploy capital, so people can kind of be exposed to this idea of. Capital is a tool that helps you scale, right? Exactly. It's not a, it's not money that you you know, do experiments with to kind of <laughs> and, and do other lifestyle shit. Yeah. It is about scaling. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, at startup school is this environment we want to create, again, to, to unshackle this, this mindset, exactly. mindset shift because there's nothing as awesome as for a local person looking at another local person who's actually crossed over and done it and, and is winning to shift the mindset. Yeah, and right? I think when I was just laughing when you talk about the, like how people see money. I think that's a very... It's a very big challenge in our ego because I was in a space with uh, other people working with entrepreneurs. And I remember hearing stories of how like when money is in the account, it's just money. Like I'm going to use it to buy whatever, whatever. I want to buy. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I remember someone making the joke of you just find someone already bought a Mercedes so you can sell the Mercedes to put money back into the company. So it's a very being very disciplined in right. how people understand the relationship between capital and the business and them. exactly right. exactly right and and so that's 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 so startup school is designed to actually tackle those, those, exactly. those mindset yeah. challenges. And then there's the mentor networks um, which will be basically what we're looking to do is you know exposing our entrepreneurs to mentors and these mentors could be people in executive positions at, at companies uh, or even those experienced founders or even people in uh, foreign markets exactly. again it's the idea is to expose them to a different way of thinking mm-hmm. specifically on the local executives and, and local founders we see this this conversation moving we see this as moving into an angel network exactly. right yeah. because you know mentoring is people do mentoring because it's it it's something good to do mm-hmm. um the, the next step of mentoring is actually investing 
right? If you actually deploy capital into a company and you're part of an angel network that's deployed ca uh, capital into a collection of companies, the way you actually interact with those, the support you give, how much you put into that is different. Yeah. So we see the executives in, our, in, in, in the big corporate companies here in, in, uh, in Nairobi and in, in East Africa, whatever, however, whatever the scope is, we want to get those people not only just to mentor and provide that mindset shift and opening up of how to think about scaled up companies mm -hmm. and maybe even give them access to business in their own companies, you know, for their startup, but to also provide, you know, to also be part of actually um, deploying capital yeah. as an angel network and starting to tie that whole thing together. And so, again, the mentor networks is how we actually uh, bring bring all that uh, yeah. together and help help emerging entrepreneurs adopt this this uh, you know adopt this mindset of of uh, people who are who are high positions in companies you know kind of learn yeah, that and thinking people who are running companies that have scaled into hundreds or more of hundreds of countries and they understand they get to see what that looks like right yeah. right they get they get exposed to that mindset yeah um, yeah and so and the the the, fin the 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 final thing that we're doing to tackle the mindset challenge is the startup careers yeah. And, you know, maybe you can talk about startup careers. So um, I think we've discussed this in previous Get podcasts, but it's I, the idea behind startup careers is to have, you know, we, we believe that a lot of talent that's needed in, in startups is caught up in corporate. And this is also part in part due to the fact that people have not understood the potential that is on this other side. Mark likes calling it the new economy. That's what's the future going to look like. So that's what we need to create a lot of awareness around. Right. Yeah. And the, so the Startup Careers is, is a bi-monthly event mm -hmm. where we, we invite people who are from the corporate side, you know, young emerging professionals on the corporate side who are completely separated from the new economy, this emerging startup world. Yeah. And we bring them into contact with startups, founders, and the, the startup founders can talk about what they're doing and just kind of catalyze that conversation and get people around each other. This provides a warm pool of potential recruits for the startups yeah. because now people actually can understand can there's transparency there's understanding mm -hmm. there's 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 a common language so to speak um and uh yeah they, they, and also in those events we want to actually define the vision for silicon savannah yeah we want to say like look this new economy what's what's the scope of it what's the potential it's mm -hmm. it's really about this addressable market mm -hmm. it's really everything we're talking about right now mm -hmm. and to start to create a vision, paint a vision for where we as an ecosystem are going yeah. and what our responsibility is in terms of the digital transformation of this region. Mm -hmm. And if we get everybody who's, we get energy, talented people, uh, seeing that vision and articulating that and buying into that vision, then there's nothing that can stop us from actually making it happen. Yeah, and and actually the the interesting thing thing that's happening is people outside are starting to see that because I think is it Unktad gave a report yesterday talking about entrepreneurship being the future because and specifically for us we see tech as eating the world. So in our sense it's very particular to tech entrepreneurship. And it's tech entrepreneurship for the power of creating mass jobs and right yeah like building that gdp because it's very so what what is the end goal right that, that's i think what we keep trying to sell to entrepreneurs what's the end goal right what are you, you doing yeah. what are you being what are you what's the big picture yeah exactly right that's exactly it right and the big picture really is is uh changing the african narrative mm -hmm. right and building big you know building great african companies right 
and so that we can have jobs, so we can have better quality of life, so mm -hmm. we can control our destiny, yeah. uh, because and the potential is here. Mm -hmm. So why don't we, this is what we need to do. And if we can all buy into that collective vision, mm -hmm. that this is where we are going, yeah. the opportunity is so massive, mm -hmm. so that we all just need to kind of start rowing in the same direction as an ecosystem. I can tell you this, Ben. I mean, living in Silicon Valley is awesome. Mm -hmm. You are rich. It's a rich place, okay? <laughs> like... It is just, there's money everywhere. The quality of life is amazing, yeah. right? And so I see the same potential here mm -hmm. for Nairobi to actually become, uh, to, achieve, to achieve that for itself, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're starting from a, a, a lower threshold. That means there's just much more opportunity, yeah. just more room for growth. Exactly. And if we can just switch our mindset, both at the individual entrepreneurial level, to start to think about building scaled up companies, doing something meaningful. Another thing that is problematic is, you know, the way we are, and maybe we'll talk, we'll talk about this in our next po podcast, the way we, are, you know, human beings are status-seeking creatures. Yeah. And the way we apportion status in our, in our society is Range Rover and a house in either Runda or whatever. Yeah, no, no. And once you got that, yeah. you got it made. And buying bottles in clubs. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> weird. So we have not transitioned to the point where impact becomes a way that you earn status. Very true. Yo, man, in Silicon Valley, it's not, who, nobody, it's, nobody cares That's about your car. Actually, the, like we were, I think through some of the work we've been doing, the biggest group of philanthropists are actually tech founders. Yes. Like tech philanthropists are actually like the largest group of donors that exist in the world. As a, as a group. As a group. And, and the interesting thing is we just got our first... Uh, uh, donor commitment oh, yeah. from a tech founder in Seattle. See, imagine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not trying to buy a Range Rover. <laughs> he's talking about, man, you know, I was born in South Africa, mm -hmm. you know, and I want to give back to society. His company is being bought out right now. Yeah. And he's like, look, we reached out to this guy with no relationship. Exactly. Cold email. Mm -hmm. And we started this conversation and he's like, you know, after some, some weeks, he was like, yeah, I, I like what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this commitment. Mm -hmm. I have all these other networks I'll expose you guys to. Mm -hmm. And how did, how, how did we decide to go after that? Because we know, I, I know from my experience, yeah. how these people think. Yeah. I, know, I know the ethos around the tech community, specifically in, in North America, and even I think globally, because it's, it's infused itself all around the world, because mm -hmm. building tech companies and ecosystems is about giving back, mm -hmm. it's about supporting, it's about contributing, it's about adding to that shared pot of uh, bucket of value, so to speak. So there's this ethos of doing, of earning, of earning your own self-respect and earning status, yeah. right? By actually giving back. So true. I actually think this is a podcast on its own because now I'm just thinking about the one percent, and you know, there's so many, there's so many idea, like examples we can give of this. So I think we'll definitely. Yeah, that's and that's another that. mindset challenge. Mm -hmm. It's it's how people apportion status and earn status in in in, in Africa. Mm -hmm. It's all about the big man and all this other stuff. We are still kind of very big kind of parochial and kind of very feudalistic in our thinking. Yeah. We have not gone to that you know the, the commons. Mm -hmm. We've not gone to the, the the point of what does it mean to actually be uh, a person of, of of impact and make a difference. We have not transcended. I don't care what you say. We are still very kind of like. I need to shine and be about this. Mm -hmm. And that is so detrimental. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know what, I need to build a company that will employ 100 people and give them awesome quality of mm -hmm. life so their kids can actually have a great education and so mm -hmm. we can have good health care 
It's not about the government and their four pillars. It's about you and your impact and exactly. what you're doing and how and you think, can contribute to that whole story. That's your duty. I think especially being a local founder, I see it as it's your basic duty. Like it's your duty to build a big company. That's it. It's, it's like it's the one thing you need to do because that's what's going to drive the GDP and the economy. And that's what's going to earn you earn you style points. Exactly. Stop no but Range Rover who cares? You know honestly, you know, hey, listen, drive a good car if you must. That's fine. <laughs> But listen, that shouldn't be the the limit of your ambition. Yeah. Your limit of your ambition should be to transform lives, yeah. to have impact. Exactly. That's who I want to hang out with. Yeah. That's who I want to talk. That's who I want to learn from. Yeah. Right? Agreed. Anyway, that's that's that. That's another topic for another day. Yeah, we're going we're definitely making that the next one. Right. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Chini Amaji podcast for this week. Yeah. Uh, and you know share it with your friends and, and let us know what what uh, what you think through comments yeah definitely and feel free to reach out reach out uh, our email is on impactafrica.network you can feel free to join the network you know sign up for startup careers you know uh, do the startup application there's a lot of ways you can reach you out can to us, us. Yeah. 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 and also on twitter at ia network tweets and also we're on linkedin and facebook as impactafrica.network awesome yes. cheers